You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. boys dude what a wild few days it's been for the nhl expansion draft blockbuster and a brain buster trade <laughs> actual nhl draft big resignings so much can happen in a few days you can even reflect and overcome being charged with a sex crime and be drafted like it'll fix everything like so much can happen in just three days it's nuts Oh, man, I, coming in hot. Yeah. yeah, we're just hitting that right away, huh? Yeah. We're just going to nail that down. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah. But let's start with some Bruins, dude. Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. How you feeling, boys? Four more years. Four, <laughs> Four more years. years. <laughs> uh, I feel awesome about it. Anyone who's saying there isn't value in that deal is out of their mind. We get the best years remaining of taylor hall mm-hmm. at six million mm-hmm. uh, that that seems to be the low side of your your better players right like a six million contract five or six years ago you're like wow they're they're paying that guy that's a pretty decent chunk it kind of feels like the low end of a big deal at this point yeah um taylor hall with with this taylor hall contract Brad Marchand, David Posternock, Patrice Bergeron, and Taylor Hall combined make $25.6 million. Blessed franchise. I <laughs> I love this deal. I love this deal. And I love that it seems, if the reports were to be believed, that Don Sweeney held firm on middle term. That was, that was, it looked like Hall wanted five or six years, but Sweeney held firm and said, you want to be here. It's going to have to be for four years. And from the sound of it, Hall accepted those terms and he's a hard negotiator. Yeah. Um, to your point, the points that you were making um, low call about this is based is this based off of a 20 game sample. So, you know, there is a little bit of inherent risk involved. This is going to be a motivated Taylor Hall just by, listening to his press conference after he signed the contract. He is bought in. He has bought in to this culture hall. Like he's bought into this culture wholesale. Completely different from when he came in and he just climbed out of the Buffalo pit looking <laughs> like he was scolded by his mom. For those of you who don't know, uh he did make comments and I'm gonna I gotta paraphrase because I don't have it right in front of me. 
he made comments after the deal was announced about on draft day watching Tyler Sagan have 30 cameras in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there with half a dozen. And then he watched Tyler Sagan go on to win a cup in his first year. And he doesn't make the playoffs for how many years? <laughs> Just, you got to imagine the guys coming in going, all right, I have four years. I probably get Bergeron for most of those. I get Marshan for all of them. I get Pasternak for all of them. McAvoy for all of them. Like, let's, let's fucking go. Motivated. Mm. The dude is fully motivated. Well, he's and played for might bad be teams. He's yeah, he's played for bad team after bad team, like bad organization after bad organization. He hasn't been able to do anything and he probably has some level of th- that same draft day feeling throughout his entire career where he feels like he's wasted all this time. And then last year he got a taste of a really good team. He got a taste of a deep playoff run. And he fucking wants yeah. more. You don't force the issue to get out of Buffalo to go specifically to Boston. You don't literally pinpoint the the team you want to go to if you don't have some sort of inkling of not only what's going to happen, but the idea that, hey, I may actually want to stay here. That's come to fruition now. Deal signed. He doesn't have to, even before this deal, he never had to worry about paying for anything for the rest of his life. Money's, I don't think money's the motivating factor here. I think it's it's literally putting a ring on his finger. Yeah. 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 At the, at the very least, meaningful games. That's step one. 20-game yeah. sample size is a little bit small. We do know what he's capable of, and we know what he's capable of doing on this team. Uh, I, I have no, no qualms with money or term. It will be interesting to see as the pressure ramps up now. Now, he's not the main guy. He's a secondary scorer by definition, I guess, because he's a second liner. It's weird to call him a secondary scorer, but he yeah. is. But the that's pressure, a guy who has carried a team on his back before. Yeah, several times. Devils. In fact. Yeah. Uh, he is going to feel more pressure than he has had to um, last year. Last year, there was zero pressure at any point in the year, really, until the Bruins get to the playoffs. And there's a little bit of pressure. But now the fan base is really going to be like, OK, man, you're in it. We have you. Like, yep. it's us together. You're not just a rental anymore. Yeah, it's time to go. It's real. Mm hmm. I'm excited for it. Good deal. Yep. Do you guys think this opens up David Krejci? D- Define opens up. Like you mean for a extension? Yes. E- it's a selling point, but I think Krejci's decision comes down to a grown man just going, do I want to keep playing in North America? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I hate that people are rushing this. This is not on Sweeney and it's not on Krejci. It's two grown men that are really struggling to find Sweeney has to wait, and Krejci has to make a really tough decision. This is hard. We talked about this in January and February, the idea of, is Krejci going to resign, or is he just going to walk away? Does he want to go through the grind again? Certain players want to do it forever. Char will play till he's 50 if fucking teams keep giving him a shot. You know what I mean? Like, and they might. They yeah, might. Yeah, seriously. But maybe Krejci's not that guy. Maybe he wants to walk away from this with his head still on his shoulders. We're seeing increased... Head injuries, even though the league is supposedly trying to crack down on that. Maybe he's maybe he wants to walk away while he can still actually physically walk away. I'm no question no questions asked if if he walks away from the game and the sport because he wants quality of life. If he walks, like how how do you feel about it? Panic. Oh. <laughs> um we would it, it would definitely create a create a 
very large chasm in the top six, but I can separate how I would feel about my team with how I would feel for Krejci's decision. If he decides to walk away over one of the most underrated, underappreciated athletes that has ever played in Boston, not just Bruins in Boston. I'd agree and with that. He's, he, he, he's helped, he helped us win a cup. He nearly helped us win another one by playoff Krejci. Playoff fucking Krejci. It's so close. <laughs> yeah, it was a real. It's a real thing. Playoff Krejci was an entirely different player. He was an animal, and I will love what he did. I will love what he's done. But at the end of the day, heading into this coming season, if Krejci was to walk away, I would be very, I would be very panicked <laughs> as to how the tops, as to how our second line center is going to be filled. And from the sound of it, Sweeney is not necessarily banking on Krejci either if the talks for Christian Dvorak are to be believed. Which he shouldn't. He should not be banking on literally anything this offseason. He should be be doing his due diligence. Absolutely. Especially with that amount of cap money. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, even if Krejci comes back and they do make a play for somebody who's got the talent level of being a second line center, okay, then somebody gets bumped to the third line. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be mad at them collecting talent, period. I don't give a fuck. Oh, are we gonna if we're going to make wing? another run. Yeah. We're going to put Coil on the wing? That'd be great. I'd be fine with Andrew, <laughs> are we going to? Oh, God. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> don't can freak we out, please? everybody. <laughs> Dad, can we please? But Thomas, like, I agree. Like, you you, yeah. you get a, a third good scorer, like a good centerman. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But, I mean, if we're going to try to make one more run here with this core group, meaning Bergeron, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, <laughs> let's, let's fucking load it up. Exactly. I'm, I'm exactly. in the camp of, I would easily trade a cup next year or the following for a couple of bad years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bangers and, hang forever. And yeah. Yep. And, and not for nothing that we're going to get into this, but uh, a draft like they performed in the last two days where they're restocking the cabinet and getting a couple of skill players, solid draft we're, we'll talk about it in a minute but like if if they want to make a run and then a couple of years of development and we're kind of starting over with a nice new group mm-hmm. i'm fine with that man make a fucking run a cup every 10 years that's the goal that's what mm-hmm. i want you can brag if it's within the decade you can brag it's officially been over a decade we can no longer brag yep. that's my rule it's a weird rule that's my rule I'll no, i think it. that's a legit rule i think that's good i think that's solid so what is it if it's 28 years for, for Montreal? Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. Uh, well, uh, then you draft people. Nah, no, I'm not going to do, no! uh, do it. <laughs> I put out a video today. Self plug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> local to Bruins fans on YouTube. Um, I ripped that apart. We're not, we're not, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I'm hoping you guys do later and I'll have my notes on it, but. I went off for six minutes about it. People, some people were happy, some people weren't. It's fine. It's a great video, <laughs> and by the way, extra points for using Bo Burnham's problematic in the opener. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Burnham and Mark Bergman, basically the same person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Bo, don't come for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bergman's a huge dude. He'd break you in half. 
Yes, he would. Any anyone around the NHL would break me in half. I am six <laughs> two, two hundred pounds, and I don't stand a chance. I don't care who it is. <laughs> draft talk? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's jump into it, man. Let's yeah, like, let's, just, let's 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 jump into the draft. I just I just brought it up, so why don't we go ahead and run with that? All um, right, let's, uh, Andrew. Let's start with you. Uh, you yeah. were you were following the prospects a little bit tighter uh, today than than we were. It seemed like me and Ian were both out driving and trying to avoid watching the draft a little bit <laughs> and just waiting for certain shit to roll just, through. Just being absolutely <laughs> terrified of of Sweeney reaching for somebody who plays for Woburn High in the third <laughs> round. Can I before Andrew before you do your whole thing? Yeah. Uh, this was so boring. The first round was boring. Yeah. And then today I'm checking in and just the NHL can't be fun off the ice. I mean, it's been very fun, all the trades and everything. Um, That's unfair. But last night you're was talking, horrendous. You're talking about the actions. <laughs> the actions are fun. The presentation surrounding the actions Terrible. suck. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Andrew, and it, yeah. And ESPN's off to a bad start. Yeah. ESPN yeah. is off to a really, really bad start. Yeah, they, uh, they made a financial investment, not necessarily an emotional investment so far. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the lack of personality. And, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'd, I'd really love to have seen a woman on the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, oh, that's, totally. I, I think it's time that we do that kind of stuff. Not that any of the four didn't deserve to be there, but AJ there are a lot right of there. women, a lot of women in this in this sport that also deserve to be there so exactly. I, I would have liked to see at least them brought in but that's just me mm-hmm. so the bruins guys the first round came they had a pick they drafted a guy who was a consensus top 12 or 13 pick he fell a little bit because of character concerns and i want to address those right now fabian lizelle Tia is going to murder me because I butchered that name. But is that not it? That's what I've been saying. <laughs> apparently, apparently <laughs> it's all wrong. It's all wrong. And I can't, I can't access the pronunciation right now. She can listen and she can belt me later. But the character concerns stem from the fact that he requested a trade because he wanted to play more. He wasn't getting ice time and young person spoke up and they didn't like that. Wow, what a piece of shit. I know. <laughs> Fuck that guy. It's almost like he, you know, rescinded his name from the draft. No, wait, no. God, we can't. <laughs> but Fabian Lizelle is a 5'10, 170 pound guy, plays right wing, is a dynamic puck handler, so agile, and probably the fastest kid in the draft. He can burn he can move and seeing the Bruins draft somebody who not only has supreme skill but is also a 200 foot forward who can hold his own defensively which he had to in Sweden as a 17 year old playing in a men's league I love the pick he was a consensus top 10 to 15 Bob McKenzie had him at 12 and that guy is a draft god. Mm-hmm. So love it. I love that they didn't go off the board. I love that Don Sweeney didn't 
draft number uh, draft the 157th ranked North American skater in the second round like he did last year. <laughs> he it's 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 a great pick. It's a high skill pick, and we'll get into more of the picks later. But I firmly believe, even though this I I, I think this draft process was a little more democratic than past years. I think PJ Axelson had a lot to do with this. I was gonna say that I really was. I we we were one of the few teams that was able to fully invest on boots in the ground over there. Not to go whole all Pierre Maguire, but getting eyes on him throughout the entire season. Some inconsistency problems this year. Yep, that happens. Seventeen year old uh, kid. <laughs> Bruins fans are terrified of inconsistency. They're also terrified of the fact that he's under six feet tall, apparently. Yeah, whatever. Little guy, gross. Um, (laughs) Take everything I would say about this guy with a grain of salt because my losing streak has begun. Uh, (laughs) Ratty went at 58. I think Pastajov went 52. 52. Pastajov, I think, went at 66. Yes. That is who who I wanted in the first round. So, (laughs) Uh, but. I was really expecting us to dig farther than we had to in the membrane and and look for a guy that no one else saw because that's a Sweeney move. And Smartest guy in the room. No, we got a guy that has a ton of upside. Oftentimes, I try to ignore the highlight reel because you kind of go, all right, everyone's got a highlight reel. This guy's got stuff on that that you just go, no, other people can't do that. <laughs> professionals. Some of these professionals can't do some of this stuff. Uh, it's nasty. Yeah, he is nasty. He is he is one step and he's gone. His speed is to it's amazing. It's it's amazing to watch and it's great that they have identified that need. They finally identified that need and they picked it in the first round. Son of a bitch. We did it. <laughs> I know. And not for nothing, but they didn't pick a defenseman until the sixth round. Yeah. That shows that they have some faith in that. I think that shows they have some faith in the, uh, in their defenseman pool. I think it says a lot about Sean. I think it, it says a lot about what they think about him, about, um, Lore. At the, mm-hmm. God, how do I say his name correctly? Lorai. Lorai. Um, They've got some guys that they like, and I think it, that that spoke volumes about it. Don't don't sleep on Victor Berglund either. Yeah. Seventh round, seventh round draft pick. No, I'm serious. He's. I think he gets into games next year. Oh, hot mm. takes! Hot yes. takes! Mm. Yes. Bookmark that one. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, Lizell, supremely skilled kid, and then in the third round. They got a kid by the name of Matthew, uh, Brett Harrison, excuse me, Brett Harrison, who guys, they picked in the OHL. Mm -hmm. They sure did. They picked in the OHL. uh, Last year before COVID, he was a 20 goal scorer as an OHL rookie. And he was projected to go in. He was actually projected to go in the second round but fell a little bit because he was, he had a depth role in his U18 team. Big kid, 6'2", 190, center, kind of an average skater, does everything well, doesn't have one skill that pops out at you, but it's, but he looks, he looks like a solid goal scorer, like a solid goal scoring type of center who's going to, who might anchor your middle six in a few years. Oh, you think center. middle six? Cool. 
center. Yes. They got the center and they, they got one of the center. They got one of the centers anyway, but there's a, there's some solid, there's some solid picks. There's some solid picks here. Um, so out of the other that, five. Yeah. Out of the other five, one that's really notable to me is Ty Gallagher. He is a, he was taken in the seventh round. He is a United States development team guy. And he is basically if Connor Clifton figured out his offensive skills. I don't hate that. I don't hate that for a seventh round pick. He's going to be you. He's probably going to spend all four years there. He's a he's, he's stout. He loves to jump in the play. He loves to do, he he loves to skate around and do riverboat gambler shit. Mm -hmm. And he's got some, obviously if you're a seventh round pick, you have some, wrinkles to iron out but i loved that pick i loved the gallagher pick it wouldn't have been a a bruins draft if they didn't take somebody from hockey east where we can all watch them exactly it's 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 like a given dude honestly it's like like, it's a media play (laughs) yeah exactly honestly like this team actually seemed like they tried to target a little bit of size and strength and as much as it irritates me when people are just like, oh, big bad Bruins, we need more size, we need to, we need this, we need more physicality. It's like, yeah, Bruins actually kind of targeted that in theory. Mm-hmm. They took right. five picks that were over six foot. Yeah, including like, uh, uh, Brian Mast, who is yes. six Ryan four. Mast. Ryan yeah, Mast, six, yeah. Six, six four, two ten. Pick. Yep, big kid. Yep. And big kid shut down defender who doesn't look like a f- – Fawn learning how to walk with the puck on his stick. Yeah. So that's, yeah, he might not be a fawn, but he is Chara esque skating ability where you're kind of like, he could, he could use a couple notches up the belt on that one. But that's why you get him, you get projects like that in the sixth round. You get guys like that in the sixth round. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. So hell yeah. This is Don Sweeney's. I mean, obviously, we cannot judge this for another five years. Too early to say, yeah. But, Preliminary reports. This is one of Sweeney's best drafts. Which is funny because you look around and there's all these articles about where the rankings of like, how did they do? Give them a letter grade, all this stuff. Everyone's like, the Bruins did okay. And we're sitting here going like, best Sweeney draft ever. We did okay (laughs) for once. Good for us. Yeah, best Sweeney draft. (laughs) We did did okay. (laughs) Uh, But this is the first draft that I've had where... They didn't take a pick that didn't make me angry. <laughs> there, there were no, there were no real reaches. Yeah, like it, it's that's that's surprising to me. There's always normally like one reach, like one yeah. sizable reach in a Sweeney draft. This one, they did a good mix of players. They got a fucking goaltender, also yeah. over six foot. <laughs> like, oh, he's got, he's a big kid. Yeah, six six two one ninety two. It says, but yep. But like they didn't they didn't do any stupid reaches. They. Not to say that they did a safe draft, but if you're going to do a safe draft, this kind of was the year because the scouting mm-hmm. was limited and everything else. Like, I also a lot noticed, of players that we don't know a lot about, but there's these seem like good, solid depth, like restock the cupboard, like I said, those type of picks. And with some high-end or ability to be high-end scorers or high-end talent. I will also say that I find it interesting that this is the year that Sweeney decides to listen to our Canadian scout when there was no OHL season and we draft two OHL players. Right. <laughs> right. 
is it, 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 does that scratch your smartest man in the room itch? Only, only thing I can think of is there's more footage on them and they were basing it off of game tape type shit. Yeah. That's Probably the only I thing I could think of. Yeah. If 2019, teams, 2020, and some showcase, like U18 showcases. If teams are honest about this process with the COVID season, and they really do give their lower picks a chance, we're going to see some guys come out of this draft where you go, he was picked in the fourth round? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're just going to be shocked by that. Now, one team that really took that to heart. Oh, no. Wait, hang on. Hang on a second, Ian. I'll hang. I'll hang. <laughs> <laughs> please make sure the audio made it <laughs> i hope the audio actually made it uh the ottawa senators went a little off the board with their first pick andrew they didn't, you go, and I they didn't go off this. the board they ran out of the room so he was supposed to be a mid to late second round pick tyler boucher Boucher. And again, Boucher, I'm going to murder all these names because um, I don't spend time looking at the pronunciation of names. I look at the players, start looking through the stats, look at videos. Who's I don't actually. Tyler Butcher? Yeah. So they took him at number 10. His best comparable, Thomas, do you know who his best comparable is? I didn't even see it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's Tom Wilson, but like a poor man's Tom Wilson is what they're saying. <laughs> that's, look, Tom his, that's his ceiling had you if you knew tom wilson was going to be what he was you probably would a couple years ago spend a first round pick on him you really probably would right a top i'm not going going to admit that with a live mic on (laughs) okay well oh sorry if you knew what he was it's like just the player not just from a talent standpoint i'll agree yes okay thank you there you go (laughs) I'll, i'll i'll cop to that you would pay a top a, a first round pick for him. So great. Good for you. Um, him being regarded as a poor man's Tom Wilson with a bit of injury history this last year. This is a reach. And it's Pierre McGuire's. <laughs> this is. Yeah, I guess it is Brendan Lemieux. That's a good point. Brendan Lemieux. Uh, Brendan Lemieux is still young, right? Is he young? Fuck yeah, yeah, he is. He's 18. Pierre Maguire's first draft with the Ottawa Senators, and I don't know how involved he is because he was just brought in. And could you imagine giving a guy all that leeway after you just hired him? 2015 draft? Anyone, any bells for again? Andrew, you have something to say? I do. Go for it. If it was any other player, I would believe it. I would believe you that. Pierre Maguire had nothing to do with this track with, with this pick. It tracks with his heart can't be measured. It analytics be damned. Analytics be damned. <laughs> and also the Boucher. That's that's uh Bobby Bobby Brian yeah. Brian Boucher. That's Brian Boucher's kid. Yeah. Bobby Boucher so, would be the water boy, you idiot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, yeah, just um, <laughs> that's hot. That's hot quality. That's hot quality ash. But that is Brian Boucher's kid, and that would be very, very Pierre to kind of have like a nepotism type of thing going on due to the connection, the TV connection. Maybe so, I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but you can't tell worse. me that's not a Pierre move. It is a Pierre move. It gets worse. 
Um, so I'm going off of people smarter than me, right? I'm not a scout. I'm not. I like to look up tape of these guys. I'm not a scout. But the consensus on literally every single pick they made was a massive reach for where they were chosen. Corey Crumman just absolutely destroyed their draft. Yeah. One. This, this is like, if you're a Senators fan from way back, this is like when they expanded to bring you back in the league and your laptop died at the draft. So you had to go off of memory and you chose four players that weren't eligible for the draft because you couldn't remember who the fuck to choose three in a row as you were kept told to come back with a new pick. That's a little bit of trivia for you folks. Their laptop died and they couldn't find a charger for it. So they had to go off memory during the expansion draft against the Tampa Lightning, who are also being welcomed to the league that year. That's incredible. Tough titties. Uh, Every single pick brutal we'll see if it works out for them if there's going to be a year where maybe this works out this is it but i wanted to shit on the ottawa senators for a second yeah it's going to take a lot for some of those picks to hit mm-hmm. like <laughs> what a critical year for them in general every year's fucking critical when you're that shitty of a franchise that lately, will be but gone yes it's just they're this draft could have potentially set them back another five years and we just talked about how they were finally showing heart. Uh-huh. They were finally, I think this is when Andrew and I were, were, were running uh, that episode a couple episodes ago. They finally showed heart. They finally look like a team that's on their way up. The young guys are showing flashes of bigger talent. This draft, if they get no one from it, I mean, the Bruins have seen what happens when you have a, a shit draft, even with a good core already. It sets you back. This would be a massive blow. And Pierre Maguire, whether he's involved or not, would never recover from the scrutiny of this. Mm. Ever. You won't let him. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in for regular fans. The media will. (laughs) He'll still get hired for everything. (laughs) But yeah, I will personally hold this to him forever. (laughs) As it should. I mean, a draft like that, man, they've done... I will admit they had done a magnificent job in rebuilding. They have some damn good young pieces over there and fun to watch. They're genuinely they are, fun to watch. They are very fun to watch. Especially if Matt Murray lets in every goal, like that's really fun to watch. Does that mean <laughs> that felt mean that felt like low hanging fruit? My bad. <laughs> I mean, low hanging, low hanging fruit is still food on the table. So go off. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. I mean, a draft like this, you're you're right. A draft like this could definitely set them back, especially. Could could you imagine, could you imagine, Thomas, if Don Sweeney was picking in the top 10 and he picked a guy that was projected to be in the middle of the second round? This fan base would not allow that at this point. Like, he would be dead. He he would be dead in the middle of Quincy market. I don't honestly, yeah, yeah. the, The thing is, I, I don't think he at this point would make that pick uh, just based on, I mean, look at, look at what they did today. Yeah. Right. They, they basically went for best player available. Mm-hmm. No reaches. You know what I mean? Like have a safe draft. If you're going to do it, this is the year to do it. Fine. They definitely. Yeah. They definitely, they definitely, they definitely had a few projected guys that fell into their lap of you yeah. project higher projected guys. So fell into their lap. Yep. And the first round was really interesting with that. And obviously we probably shouldn't dig too, too much deeper into that, but like 
it felt like after the top 10 happened, there were several names still that you went, oh, they're they're still available that just kept dropping back. Yeah. yeah. Unless, yeah, they, uh, unless they had Michigan on their chest. They did yeah, not. Fall. Right. Oh, man, they're going to be a wagon next year, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Amazing draft if you're a Michigan guy yeah. like that. Yeah. Good for you. Johnny yeah. Beecher better have a big year next year is what yep. I'm going to say to that. <laughs> yeah. No, they're fucking loaded. They're absolutely yeah. loaded. It's going to be a fun, be fun fun season at Yoast. Um, real fun to watch. So just to wrap up, I guess I don't want to sit here and shit on the Sens for another 20 minutes, but there is another no, because pop. we have to get to you shitting on the hurricanes. Yeah, that's, that's, well, what about that's the, the segue, man. Oh, uh, they're, Oh my God. Oh, they'll we get their time. Ian. We have to compliment a team other than the Bruins in the next, like 12 sentences somewhere <laughs> in there. Oh my God, dude. So Carolina hurricanes, <laughs> there's, there's so much to unwrap about this, but first, I, first of all, I like Bean. they got a second rounder for her. that's, I guess that's fair value, but why are we stockpiling 13, 14, 15 picks in arguably one of the most barren drafts in the last decade? That's that I have a huge issue with, but the one real head scratcher for me trading away. No, 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 no. Drafting and developing investing in a franchise goaltender to just give him away for Jonathan Berger in a, in a third round draft pick. And then to hours later, tweet out <laughs> hours later, you're going to tweet out that you're looking for a goaltender in this draft because you don't have anybody. I really wish I knew a Canes fan, like a genuine Canes fan. To My best friend's a Canes fan. We need to bring him on here and just give him 15 minutes to explain his fucking franchise. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Like I, I love watching this franchise fuck up because I still hate that's where the whalers are and that's what they became and that their fucking fans attach themselves to whalers history when it's not fucking theirs. It's mine. You know what I mean? Like I fucking hate it, but watching them do shit as terribly. I somebody can, can either one of you make sense of anything that they did in the last 72 hours? No, I have to play devil's advocate because, again, my best friend's a caniac. And it's funny because his secondary team is the National Predators. So there's some common ground for you, Thomas. Mm. Hey, uh, we're not going to talk about the Preds because they're having moments over there. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we didn't have that last week. Yep. So it's a bad move. The Ned thing is which, a bad which move. Which one? The Ned. <laughs> yes. The Ned, specifically Ned. Yeah. Because you have developed him. He did have a very small sample size. That's that's my like three months. That's my kind of like, okay, I kind of get it of really good NHL numbers. (laughs) And there have been goalies in the past who have said this. And there's been scouts in the past who have said this, that, you know, some guys just take to the NHL better than they do the AHL. Something about the speed of the NHL just works better in their game. How hard is goaltending in general? And now you have to scout a goaltender who just might be better in the NHL for some reason. (laughs) Fuck, that doesn't make sense. But you develop the guy. He has three months of just awesome play. Uh, And you send him away for nothing, really, right? Yeah. 
They're not talking. Even his, not even his replacement. Yeah. Like they you are. got you got his position back, but not somebody who can fill his fucking role. Yeah, not as a starter. <laughs> and then to put out a tweet saying that you are it's not a money issue. And I don't They're think it is a money open. issue. I don't think it's a money issue. I think they literally aren't sold on the three month stretch he had. But here's the problem and where I'm gonna agree with you. You only had to spend, even if you went for his asking price, you only had to spend $3.5 million over a couple of years on potentially your full-time goalie. Yeah. And what did we go into the season saying? Well, the Canes could be really good if they could figure out goaltending. Mm. I don't, it's a terrible move. And then to follow it up with that tweet, you, and then to draft the way you did, I just, <laughs> I'm with you. I get the reasoning of not being sold on him. This is a bad move. And I don't think it's a money move, which is what Andrew wants to say. I'll, go for it, Andrew. Go. <laughs> I think it is a money move because Tom Dundon is thinking that he's Jeremy Jacobs. He is. <laughs> already notoriously cheap he i from i don't think it is because they weren't sold on the three month stretch i think it was because they didn't want to pay him 3.5 million which isn't bad that's not bad for a starting goaltender i'll pay 3.5 all day if he would have taken a two-year contract too are you kidding me and then when you trade him to the Red Wings, Stevie Y signs him for less. Yeah. This would be like if the Boston Bruins traded Jeremy Swayman for Alexander Ald and a third round pick. <laughs> That's a good deal. <laughs> for whoever we're trading with. <laughs> That's it's it's mind-blowing to me how you have this kid who developed for years. They've put a lot of time and effort into Nijeklovich. I'm going to try that once. I'm never going to try it again. They put a lot of time and effort into Ned. And to give him away for peanuts because his ask was peanuts for mm -hmm. a starting goaltender. He was going to, he was going to be the unquestioned starter. Yep. He Took the he took Mrazek's spot. I just there's no excuse for it. I feel I mean, bad for him after 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 everything happened. His in his statement or his interview or whatever the hell it was, his quote was he was blindsided. He came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. glad he at least went to the Red Wings because Red Wings is a franchise that's on the upswing. Ned, apparently, apparently he just got traded off a burning fucking. Submarine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And in Carolina just decided to not be a good franchise anymore. Like out of nowhere. It doesn't matter how many times you win games and then you get to roll a basketball hoop on the ice and dunk on it, get your fans all fucking hyped up so they can fucking walk out with half chubs. That that <laughs> fucking team, dude. I you're swear the, to God. You're man. the new age Don Cherry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hey. It's, it's <laughs> embarrassing. But you know what? Ned got his deal. He's he's with a, a growing franchise, a historical franchise. He's, he's going to be one of the pillars. Like, yeah, exactly. And if he's not, he's at least a damn good backup. 
on a fucking good team or a team that will be good in another two, three yeah. years. Yeah, Ned, if you're starting the rebuild, this is this is when the rebuild on the ice has started in earnest for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And your starting points are Dylan Larkin, Jakob Vrana, and Ned. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> I'm cool with that if I'm a Red Wings fan. Yep. I'm trying to find his Vizina odds. <laughs> For next year, hold on. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna pop a tenor on that? Look, I'm happens? just saying. Okay, he's literally no plus fifteen hundred. Plus fifteen. That's I don't know if you guys are better or gamblers at all. Um, but you bet a hundred, you get fifteen hundred dollars out of that bet. Uh, look, guys, I'm not saying it's a good bet, but because <laughs> these odds are from when he was still on the Canes. Yeah, but. But I'm just saying, if Detroit makes the playoffs next year, which they won't, but if they do, that guy's in the conversation. Yeah. Someone get Taverna on the line. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get his active, actual. I, I need these. All right. Well, I'm not gonna do it now. I, I mean, this. there's, there's no doubt about it that he's gonna be motivated by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, tough... I mean, I'm blindsided. That that's that's bad news. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough team to play in front of, though. He's. It's he might still have a road in front of him to be a a real full time NHL. Yeah, I mean, like the the money the money that he's signing for is it's definitely still a show me deal. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But you're on a franchise with traditionally high expectations, but coming off of very low expectations, it's maybe not a bad fit for him. I can't really think of anywhere else in the league that he could have gone mm-hmm. and been in as good of a situation, considering he got basically fucked over by his general manager or more specifically, probably his owner. But Um, I think, I think the owner has a lot more sway Mm -hmm. in day-to-day operations of Waddell notoriously, butt fucked the thrashers. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine this is any different. Yeah. So that was cheery. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So is it time that we say nice things about a team? Yes, God, we gotta say something nice. Um, I really um, liked Buffalo's weekend. Yes, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Let's go, baby. You I said wearing, there's a reason that you're wearing the goat head today. Why not? I wear the goat head because their off season so far is basically as good as a Sabres fan could hope for. They absolutely robbed the Flyers with the Ristolainen deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can someone please explain to me why people think Rasmus Ristolainen is good and why no. people are in my mentions saying that ra- that I don't know anything about hockey because Rasmus Ristolainen hasn't been good for five years and maybe, just maybe, <laughs> he's been there, he was in Buffalo long enough that maybe it's not the team's fault, that maybe they're bad because they're giving him 23 minutes a night because he's not deserving of it? I was, I was getting the same <laughs> shit from people. And look... At the end of the day, his value, no matter how you feel about him, was not anywhere close to what the fuck Buffalo got for him. (laughs) It wasn't like, I don't care if you actually think he is a player at his best worth a 13th overall, a second round pick and hag, which he's fine. Yeah, just a a warm NHL body. Right. Right now, he's not worth that. 
Mm-hmm. You got robbed because you thought he might be worth that, and he's not worth it right now. His contract's pretty heavy, 5.3, I believe. Mm-hmm. You're sitting here telling me, and this is to the people on Twitter, that Buffalo's just bad and it makes players worse. Look at worse. Look at Taylor Hall. Look at Ryan O'Reilly. Guys, um, sometimes a team is bad because the players on it play like shit. Wait, what? Yeah. Now, to be fair, they had a soccer coach for half the season, so I'm going to give you a break on some of that. <laughs> the, the, they, not just a soccer coach, a guy who thinks he's the most interesting man in the world. Fuck, we're supposed to say nice things. We're supposed to say nice things. Great job by the Buffalo Sabres for getting Ristolainen out of there and getting a first. Drafting pretty well with those picks, too. I thought I oh, liked yeah. their draft. Mm-hmm. I liked their draft. Obviously, Owen Power is going to be a stud. Owen I Power think. is going to be an all-star in this What league. a great name. What a great That is a hockey name. name. Owen Power. People are criticizing the Reinhardt deal. I don't get it. You have an RFA who is very vocal about not playing for you anymore, and you yeah. still managed to get a first-round pick out of they it. They still got value out of it. The only complaint that I got from Jamie, who is the Sabres fan, was that the top or the the pick was a, a top ten protected pick. That was his yeah, only complaint about it. It wasn't. I think it was still a very yeah anyway yeah, and I th- I still think I think the value was on par, and I think it was a good trade for both teams. First of all, I think yes, it was a, it was maybe the most balanced trade we've seen in the last forty eight hours. I, I if that's his one complaint on on everything that's happened in the last two days, Sabres fans have no complaints really. Yeah, like, theoretically. And I so think, from, from the outside, I'm sure I'm sure Sabres fans have plenty to complain about still right now because they're still they're they're shell shocked. Yeah, this has been this has been a terrible franchise for a few years, but there's no doubt about it that this is the best 48 hour span in the Pegula era period. And it, it sucks that they have to go through this again. It does. And I get that. And honestly, I honestly feel for you guys That's like just throw away the, the Boston part for a second. As a hockey fan, I honestly feel for you guys. But you got a shit ton of picks. It looks like you picked well. You should be excited. And I'm sitting here looking at Cap Friendly before we got on this this whole session. And my girlfriend comes around the corner, looks at my computer. And she goes, who's the guy making $9 million? <laughs> You're supposed to say nice things, Ian. Because she's never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so, and not her fault. She's not like a huge, huge hockey fan, but she knows, she knows Eichel. She knows a lot. She knows a lot of these names. And so I click on him and I show her a couple things about him. And I went, he is the issue right now. He is the last issue to this rebuild. And she goes, well, at least it's only 9 million for like, what? Probably a couple years, right? Well, six years. Oh, well, what does their time frame look like? Well, they should be better before then. This is their last hurdle, and it is awful. I would actually disagree with that. Oh, love it! Tell me. I don't think this. I don't think that's their last hurdle. I think Buffalo Sabres fans have a lot to cheer about right now with how the last forty-eight hours have gone. They absolutely fleeced Cliff Fletcher. I think the Sam Reinhardt deal was great. I thought it was great. I thought, you know, like we've talked about before, you need to extract value any way you can. And they did the fact that they were able to do that out of anything from Sam Reinhardt. Guys, 
Last week, we talked about teams that don't have a plan. They look like they have one now. 100%. They look like they have one now. They have hockey people making decisions now. It's... It's amazing what that does. Does Kevin <laughs> does Kevin Adams does Kevin Adams know what he's doing, or did Terry and Kim Bagula finally take their hands off the wheel? If I, hopefully, it's a mixture of both. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but but there, there's some structure there, and this is this is what happens when a team actually has some structure, and they so, don't have pet store clerks making fucking million dollar decisions. So here's why I think that's not their last hurdle. I think it's an impossible hurdle to get over. No one's going to take that contract. No one's going to take that contract. The last hurdle is Eichel. You need to figure out what you're doing with him sooner rather than later because that neck injury is a problem. It looks like the talks between the Rangers and the Sabres have stalled. Um, And... Until that happens, that's going to be, I think that's going to be the albatross. Skinner is whatever, you know, $9 million. That's 9% of your cap. Jesus Christ. But he's probably only going to be playing about the fourth line. But until you figure out what you do, what you do with Eichel, the biggest malcontent of them all in this situation, I don't think you can, truly say that they're out of the woods just yet mm. i will say i wanted i want to make a note of this because i think mm. it's important there is a contingency of sabers fans who do not believe reinhardt wanted out and forced his way out that he wanted a long-term contract i've i've seen that multiple times on on twitter straight up sabers one of our, our guests that we've had on is not a fan of the deal because they thought reinhardt wanted to stay longer and there's been quotes from him saying that he wanted to be there longer and for some reason the contract just didn't get done damn well i like how if that's the case then yeah as a sabers fan you could be pissed off no doubt however on paper if if they weren't planning on keeping them they got good value for them and that's kind of where we're at yeah I like how I'm saying, I'm like, let's say positive things. And it kind of turns into a lukewarm. <laughs> well, there's ups and downs to that. Well, one. I do like the Buffalo's Sabres were always so grading on a curve, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's 100%. And that curve means that today was good, even if it wasn't perfect. I don't think anybody really had a perfect day. You know who didn't have a perfect, perfect day? I'm who not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Wait, <laughs> that's a great segue. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the team up north. What's the, yeah. you want to, you want to, mentioned uh somebody else who has a, a nine plus million dollar contract that makes no fucking sense oh i'm sure there's a player in the league somewhere mm. andrew let's scroll through cap friendly <sighs> really hard to find and remember these contracts What's okay it so hang on hang on a second hang on a second <laughs> let me let me let me um let me help you here ian so is this is a big top three to five defenseman in the nhl right he has oh to be. kale has mccarr to, yeah he has to be he has to be uh, he's, uh, he, did dougie he, hamilton sign a deal yeah nine point well 9.5 million dollars for eight years with a full no movement did we extend charlie mcavoy that's must be Ooh, it. okay i think that's it wait no <laughs> okay this band has gone on too long <laughs> it's fucking seth jones jesus fucking christ Andrew, this is all you, man. Rip it up, bud. You are the one okay, most passionate. So for the last three years, Seth Jones has cratered 
And he has made every single defenseman on his pair worse off for him being there. His, his defensive analytics show that he is a decent penalty killer. He's decent on the power play. He's bad everywhere else. He's basically a slightly better Rasmus Ristolainen at this point. Oof. The Chicago Blackhawks just traded for him. And by the way, oh, Columbus is blowing it up. Yes, yeah. they are. Yes, they are. Because they just got the 12th overall pick at Adam Boquist. For Seth Jones. For Seth Jones. A man who Not is a baby. A man who has coasted on the fact that one time he played 65 minutes in one hockey game. He has been atrocious for three years, and he really cratered this year. And it's not because of torts or the fact that the Columbus Blue Jackets were bad. Because if you look at you, if you look at their defensive statistics, Zach Wierenski and Vladislav Gurikov had fantastic seasons. I love Wierenski so much. Wierenski is so good. But Jones played with them both throughout the season. Every time Jones was on their pair, drag you down to hell. So obviously Stan Bowman, who is clearly having a nervous breakdown right now with everything that's going on around that organization, gives that man trades, trades their best defensive prospect and a top 15 draft pick. No matter what you have to say about the draft, a top 15 draft pick has a lot of value. Your top defensive prospect, Boquist, he's going to be a really good player. They got Boquist and Bean. That yeah. defensive core has been built back up yep. with mm. very good, very young talent. Good job, Columbus. And they're not spending 9.5 or and they're even not spending 9.5 million dollars a year for eight years with a full, full no movement through the entire contract. Yeah. How? What is happening? If, Ian, help! If it's if it's not the worst contract in the league, it's top two, right? Yeah, and that's I think we could say that now, and that's that means in two years, that's the worst contract in the league, bar none, right? Yes, that's not that is not that's not a player that's going to get a bump. Well, of his play. Not in Chicago. Like Not in Chicago. Oh, boy. Thomas, your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I'm, right now I'm thinking more of Columbus in this situation because Chicago just fucked themselves. I want to quickly touch on Columbus. They definitely made a shitload of moves today, including mm-hmm. swapping Cam Atkinson for Vorjek. I actually I, really I, like that for them. Easy, I, I easy, do, I do. easy upgrade and... If he doesn't want to resign there long term, what are they honestly missing? Because how many guys are actually signing long term with them? Yeah, especially in the state that they're in right now. Yeah, they basically flipped a player for somebody who's a slightly better version of that player. I think Columbus took a look in the mirror, and I'm re- I I shit on them last episode. You fucking destroyed them, and good for you on that one because you were right on every single point. I think they looked in the mirror and went, "We have a four year turnaround." And everything they've done, they've 
taken into account the timeline, which for some reason teams don't do. <laughs> and they went, all right, let's make it work. They grabbed young bodies. They switched a guy. Yes, it's a big contract, 8.2 for three more years. You, you got to hit the floor you somehow. You have to hit yeah. the floor. Exactly. exactly. I I really like what they're doing. I, that's a great point, Thomas. That's an awesome yep. point. Yep. And yep. with Torts gone, they're likable. Yes, yep. they are way more likable. <laughs> God, fuck that team so hard. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy so hard. Excuse me. Just get rid of Max Torts. Domi, and you guys are a really likable squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roslovich is super fun to watch. Obviously, Boquist will be fun to root for. I mean, just good stuff. Yeah. And good then stuff. Bean's, Bean's going to be fun to root for. They yeah. reconstructed like their decor within 48 hours. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe Yarmo is a good GM. Whoa, maybe. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, you still have the line A situation. I just think he's gone. I just, I, I... what, what uh, do you do what? with that? What do you do with that? The whole thing's tough. That's yeah. That's a good, that's a good little mark uh, yeah. on the old resume, mm-hmm. but that was a bad situation. Anyway, sometimes we see the players and it's not the players fall. I usually side with the players, but sometimes we see the GMs just get crushed by their players and just go mm-hmm. like, fuck, we, no one's going to take you. Yeah. Well, you're forcing your way here. I guess we'll switch stars and hope for the best. Well, that, well, watching Pierre-Luc Dubois go operation shutdown was one of the most entertaining things. Yeah. They, you know what they should have done? They should have so fired. So funny. They should have fired uh, Torts as soon as they made that trade. Yeah. That was, that would have been, yeah, that would have been the only way to have, possibly salvage line a yeah, yeah. so now the we're in a situation it where done. if well, not if even he, about salvaging line a it was it would be a fact of one of our biggest stars just quit live mm-hmm. <laughs> just quit. what are you doing yeah what are you doing but Get good out. news good job by columbus That's yeah, yeah. happiness so happiness. we're positive, yeah. okay. positive. good job thomas <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else from the uh, from the draft that you guys want to touch on? I kind of want to talk about the expansion or? draft because holy shit! Yeah, we can we can definitely touch on that. I what a letdown on so many levels. First of all, the leak. Yeah, let's second start with of, that. Second of all, the presentation and the way it fucking slowly trickled through fucking the television. Yeah, to slowly get to us, even though we knew the fucking answers. Nope. Yeah, F- fuck Frank Cervalli. Mm-hmm. No, oh hold on. God. No, 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 no. He was doing his job. Fuck the NHL for not putting F- a lid okay. on that shit. All right. Fuck that the NHL guy, for letting Cervalli be, be put into a position to do Journalists that. are supposed to get credit for shit. That's fair. That and that is, is a huge payday for that guy. Mm-hmm. Get your money, man. The mm-hmm. NHL should have been better about this. That's why, why was there 10 hours in between the list getting handed in? And then announced on television. I guess they had to set up all the guys coming in and I don't all give that a stuff. Fuck no, and I don't give a fuck. But just honestly. don't. Sarah Velli was just doing his job. Yeah. I feel so, bad for the guy. Honestly, that all the hate came his way. Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I will. I will. I will. I'll soften my stance on that. Ian, you are correct. He was doing his job, but the NHL man has to. And what do you do with that situation? In that situation, if you want to do all the pomp and circumstance of the players coming in and, you know, throwing fish and whatever the fuck else they did. 
<laughs> it was so, it was it was so bad. bad. It was Audio so bad. issues throughout too. Yeah, so bad. if you want to do that, if you want to have the deadline be 10 a.m. in the morning and have the expansion draft at 8, 8, 8 p.m. at night, if you're the NHL, are you allowed to like institute a gag order? Like, yes. <laughs> right? Yes, right? Protect your product why at don't all costs. You? Protect your investment. How yeah. mad is ESPN right now? Yeah. Oh, they're pissed. They were pissed. The first big event. Yeah, that's you your first money-making big moment with the you just the ink's not dry and you fuck them <laughs> like that. Like you know, uh, you you know how you know they were pissed. In the middle of the broadcast, they shortened the time from eight to ten to eight to nine thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right live on the on the uh, scrolly TV thing. It went from two hours to 90 minutes. The God honest truth about all this is the NHL doesn't give a shit because yes, oh, we've seen more proof of they, that. <laughs> they've flopped and they're upset about it, but we're not having another expansion for a decade. At least yeah. there's no way another team, we don't have enough talent to spread out easily at this mm-hmm. point. And my rule for expansion is every team needs to be at least somewhat competitive. Yes, there's some arguments right now that we don't have it. If we think if we add another team, we're really scraping at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're but already can we scraping? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's. It's. Are there any picks? Now we went zero for three, right? On our we, guaranteed. Picks. We were terrible. Yeah. We were awful. I told you. However, the streak started. Yeah. <laughs> However, we were we were terrible, but I think Ron Francis might have been just a touch worse. Okay. Because that most surprising that was, pick, Thomas. <sighs> Carson Trewinski from the Flyers instead of Shane Gostas. What? Yes. Yes. But no, but the Flyers had to give up picks to get rid of Ghost. Yeah. Which was weird to me, honestly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the Flyers wanted him gone. They got him gone. So the Flyers won that end of things. But I think the Flyers probably made it too obvious they wanted him gone. So the Kraken didn't take. (laughs) No, I think that's fair. But. Ian, yeah. you made what seemed like a very salient point a couple weeks ago that Ron Francis was in a better position than George McPhee was because of the flat cap and how he could take full advantage of teams in this flat cap era. And then he sat down by the phone waiting for Mark Bergevin's call on Carey Price and promptly fell asleep for three days. <laughs> so... One of two things happened with my statement. One, I was wrong, and every team was so afraid of giving them a superpower that they all froze up and went, take who you pick, take who you take. I don't care. I don't care. Just take who you take. Or you were right in I like the, that one better. <laughs> in that he tried to galaxy brain it all, tried to be the smartest guy in the room. You mentioned there was a chance he was going to go a route where he was just going to try to outthink everybody and he overplayed his hand and then no side deals could be made. No, wait, no, no, that's not true. One was made. Yes. Tyler Pitlick to the flames for four for a fourth. Yes. Good job. Good job by the incredible mind of Ron Francis. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, it it blows me away because, because you fucking nailed it. Ian, he was in such a fortuitous position. He, I thought so. Because he was, and he did nothing with it. I just, 
and he has all so here's the thing there is a chance that in a month and a half we're eating crow because their free agency is shockingly good because they have a ton of cap space well they they have to overpay somebody well and that's, that's the thing you draft so poorly the expansion draft was so bad that the team's not attractive to some of these free agents there so you the go. only thing that's a fra- attractive is the fucking dollar signs yeah right do they have those dollar signs exactly yes it. Yeah. Like what dude is going to want to go there who may have five, six years left in the NHL and he's when only going to sign because, for 11 million. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, well, I don't see that necessarily for them, but Can you imagine that comes out tomorrow. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I guess it can't tomorrow. I was going to Wednesday. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's all about money and not about actually competing at this point because that team's not competitive. Are they On still, a... <laughs> <laughs> they still have a chance to make a run in that fucking division, but they're not going to be. They're not going to be a good team. They're just, on a positive not gonna side, see the, the Knights thing repeated. It's not going to happen. On a positive side, their defense really good. I think their defense uh, is very large. Giordano, uh, Carson Susi, I really like. Um, they have Adam Larson, which I'm kind of in middle of the road on. Jamie well, Alexiak is large. Defenseman. <laughs> uh, I just I think their defense is still a confident unit that can come out and bully teams. The lack of experience in goal, the frustratingly lack of talent in the center position, which I think we all knew was a possibility when looking at the expansion draft options. Mm -hmm. Their wingers aren't as good as I thought they'd be. They don't have a lot of true scores. I agree completely where the draft wasn't as good. I think a third of the draft was really good, and that's on the defensive end. And then everywhere else, I'm kind of like, yeah, we knew that the Drieger deal was coming, but what other goalie were you really? Vitek Vancek did not. He wasn't amazing. He had a good season, but in playoffs, he really got exposed bad. Did you did you see the projected Ford lineup for the Kraken? Hmm. I don't think so. Maybe Giannis Donskoy is on the top six. That's a tough, a tough look. <laughs> um, hey. At, at least you have Yanni Gord, right? Who is out until <laughs> December. I, Thomas, until I, December. I agree a lot that this is underwhelming. There are a few picks I really like. Mason Appleton, I really like. Carson Soucy, I already mentioned. But mm-hmm. Appleton uh, is a guy who could take the next step. Yeah. I don't think they have a lot of types. And they did go for youth. But Vegas capitalized on some youth that had upside. Yeah. This is some severe youth that was buried on teams mm-hmm. on some of these picks. But free agency is the deciding factor. Free agency is the defi- deciding factor. They did have the number two overall draft pick, and you just said that they were kind of barren on centers. What do they take? They take Matty Beniers from mm-hmm. Michigan, center pro- uh, prospect. Another uh, sure thing like Owen Power. Yeah, he's, a, he's an NHL caliber player right now. He doesn't have any like outstanding tools, but he's extremely stable. Very good sized body. Like he's he's gonna be he's gonna be an NHL player as soon as he's ready or willing to be an NHL player. But so that's that's youth though. Like you're drafting mm-hmm. you're drafting players that you fucking need to fill the cupboard with, basically. So right. maybe may, maybe they're not looking to be a super competitive team right off the bat. Another two three years, they may they may start seeing this expansion draft actually start to come to fru- uh, come to fruition. But like you said, the perfect word is uh, underwhelming. I, I do have a question to ask. Do you think Carey Price was ever actually considered? No. 
he's Ron Francis said that they did talk internally about it, but they, I don't think they moved on from the idea fairly quickly. Judging by what they prioritized, I don't think it was even a thought. I think Mm -hmm. they released their statements. They of course would say, you think about Carrie Price, you want Seattle to get excited. Mm -hmm. Um, In my opinion, they never even really considered it. They were like, oh, that's neat. Maybe we can get a pick out of this. And it never worked out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we might be being a little too harsh in the aspect of, and Thomas, you just made me think of that with your statement, that why are we comparing them to Vegas? Vegas had the pressure of being competitive right away because people were like hockey and Vegas. Mm-hmm. We know Seattle's fan base is ratted for this. They don't have to be good right away. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Building for the future is probably a good move here. And mm-hmm. It feels like that's what they did. There are a couple contracts in there that I don't. I don't love the Adam Larson contract. I just don't. I, yeah. I'm not big on him. Well, mm-hmm. Larson. Larson is a middle of the road top four defenseman, and they're only paying four million. I guess whatever. Yeah, and G- Giordano is going to be the face of the franchise for the next. You have to have one guy. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he's got the C. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Think. Could you imagine if they gave it to somebody else? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Kale Fleury out of Montreal gets gets to see. (laughs) Be the best thing that happened in Montreal in the last 48 hours. Yeah. Who who did they take over Bean? Uh, Geeky. Geeky. Who's underrated? Who's underrated? Give the C to Geeky just because I think Geeky is a fucking great name. (laughs) Geeky is the best hockey name. (laughs) And uh, I got to say, my buddy, the, the Kaniac, he was bummed about that pick. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have been bummed regardless. But when the fans are upset about it, you kind of go, oh, all right. But then you look at Bruins fans and they're tearing each other apart because of Lausanne. You go, oh, all right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The love letters to Lausanne were unreal to me. Do you remember <laughs> when the fan base was crucifying him because he was the most scored upon defenseman and everyone was lying about it? They were like, Five on five, he's the worst defenseman in the uh, in the playoffs. So it's like all those goals are on the playoffs. Our our penalty <laughs> kill has been terrible. You could criticize him for that, but like, yeah, all of those were were shorthanded goals against him. <laughs> like, anyway, it's it's been a weird split because down, like right down the middle, you have half the fan base just crucifying him and kicking him out the door and just burying him, and then the other is thinking that we're going to be a trash franchise because we just let the next fucking Bobby Orr go. Like people, we're going to be a trash franchise because we let yeah. a third pairing defenseman with very little upside go, but yeah. he hits. Yeah. I mean, I know there are trolls out there on social media, but people have legitimately had conversations of blowing it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, we're not, we're not there guys. Just if anyone listening to this uh, thinks we should blow it up, you are super wrong. I mean, yeah. there, there were statements like that coming on Twitter after losing game seven, 2019. Or it's just like, yeah, right, your well, one this, went away. Yeah, this this team's done. Like, we need to just get rid of everybody, start over. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? If you get to game seven of the Stanley Cup finals, it's a coin flip. And we lost mm-hmm. the coin flip. Yep. And it hurt like a bitch because Biddington and fucking all. Ugh. Yeah. That one hurt so bad. The Blackhawks didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just numb at this point to that <laughs> one. Oh, wow. That's a good way to end this particular session, a live existential crisis. Way too much negativity this episode, boys. We got to be better than this. (laughs) Just to tie this in with something that we talked in the beginning of the episode, a panic move could potentially be Krejci. Krejci's not coming back. Who do you get to replace him? 
I've got somebody in mind. Ooh. A center that's available? Well, well, obviously there's Dvorak. Mm-hmm. I Are think I know who you have in mind. I think I know who he's thinking about. Let me hear if it. If you say Ryan Getzlaff, I'm going to jump through the television. I thought it was. I thought that's no. who he was going for. No. I was like, panic move. <laughs> there it is. All right. What you got, uh, Thomas? You you were right. What? What? You. Getzlaff? Yeah. I'm fucking I with could. you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen them. This is why we need to post these moments in the face cams. We're like, oh my God, what is wrong? Are you okay? That, yeah. That, Thomas, if you could clip that and put that on like <laughs> as like a teaser on Twitter, like a, oh, like a little man. like forty five second teaser where we're like, oh yeah, what's the thing? And then just all of us just kind of looking at the camera, like, just put the you were right, get slab, and all of, all of us just like, <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Do that, do that. <laughs> uh, we gotta cut all this out of the pod. <laughs> no, who's, okay, your what is it? who's your guy? What is uh, it, Thomas? What is Denal. it? Andrew, you have way more to say about this than I do. I'll yeah. go back up for a second. I, Philip Deneau is my favorite non-Bruin. Yeah. He is the best damn shutdown, pure shutdown center in the NHL, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. He's going to be commanding top six money, and he's not a top six. I yeah. love his game. That's the thing. His his 2020-21 cap hit was Three million dollars, so. though. Mm-hmm. Thomas did say literally, it was a panic move. Yeah, literally panic move. Yeah, but you know what? His his cap hit is was literally less than half of what Krejci's was last year. Is he going to command more money? Yeah, but that probably similar money to what we would probably give Krejci. Would you pay five for Deno? Yeah, and I would. That's mm. ah. Hold on. Would you pay five for four years for Deno? I don't know about the term. Mm. That's I think that's where we get in trouble because I yeah. think he's looking for six to seven years. I really yeah. do. Yeah, he's looking for five at least. Yeah, I love to know. I don't know if that would be. I, I think that might be too rich for my. We're, blood. we're talking panic moves, though. We're talking panic yeah. moves. So that's that's um, why that's why I he's actually a guy. got. I actually got one for a panic move if he doesn't sign and a Dvorak trade falls through. What's Paul Stasny doing? Yeah, well, I mean, he's he would be the cheaper he would be the cheaper fill-in, but he would just be he would be just that he'd be a fill-in. Yeah, he'd be be Bacchus. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's all he would be to me at that point. Mm -hmm. Maybe get more out of him. He just said, "I hate it." There is something about that man's game, and not look. He's had a great career. I'm not insulting the body of work, Mm -hmm. but the past couple of years, I watch him and just go, man. I'm glad you don't play for us. There's just too many moments where he'll have these bursts of speed and then it disappears. He can be lazy on the back check, which is weird because he's known as a 200-foot player. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like what I've seen from him the past couple of years. That's just me. Man, you got me thinking, Thomas, and it's, I don't uh, like that. I, best case scenario, Krejci comes back for a reasonable amount, of, a reasonable amount of money because he wants one year too. I, I you can't imagine he goes for more than one year, and I think that's his choice, right? Yeah, especially after what what's been going on with this with this mm-hmm. particular thing yeah. with this particular decision, it's got to be one year. I think he wants to be here while the window's here. The second he feels that the window's closed, he's gone. 
does that is that going to be a telltale sign for him if if he doesn't return? Does he think that the window's closed? Maybe he's going to sit. He may be he may be one of those dudes that waits a little bit too long in free agency and and just calls it. Yeah. Right. Maybe. But that's 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 why I'm talking about these the panic moves because if Sweeney thinks that there's a chance that he's not coming back, he may do something that we're not expecting. God Replacing Krejci is something that I don't want to think about for free agency, but here we are. God damn it, you got me thinking about Philip Deneau now, though. Yeah. I think he would look good with a B on his chest, I'm going to be honest. And I'm you not know af- what is going to be af- I'm not afraid of five years with him, I don't think. Anything longer than that, I would be hesitant. But four or five years is... Mm-hmm maybe all we get out of Bergeron and that may be fucking generous. I think that's very generous. He just yeah. turned 36 today. If Krejci walks that Reinhardt deal, we're going to be sitting there just seething, yeah. just seething because that's a price we would have paid. That would have been a 20. That would have been the first round pick and Daniel Vladar. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been the deal. Why are yep. we ending? We're ending this episode on such sad notes right now. We can't help it. We're just <laughs> negative Bruins fans. Wait, this franchise is a but, poverty franchise. Well, speaking of poverty franchises, the Montreal Canadiens had a weekend. Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? All right, we ladies and gentlemen, it. we will be back next week with another <laughs> hour of Bruins hockey talk. <laughs> Maybe a two hour one. Who knows? <laughs>